you and I for the Kenai. We're back today recording our second episode of our new season and we have a brand new community resource for you guys and we're super excited uh, to be on. We're here at Aquila ASAP office in Kenai. Um, we're here with Veronica Klein. Um, Veronica, could you mind just kind of telling us like what your position is and maybe a little bit about yourself too if you're feeling comfortable. Okay. Um, so I'm the program manager for the Kenai and Ketchikan ASAP offices here. Um, so we cover, uh, for Kenai, we cover the Homer area as well. And in Ketchikan, um, we, we cover some small surrounding communities um, like uh, Wrangell. Um, we have a couple cases from Juneau, uh, Metlakatla, and some other smaller communities there. Um, and ASAP is a misdemeanor probation office, so we monitor the treatment and compliance for the court and or DMV. Mm -hmm. um, personally, I, I've been, I was born and raised here in Alaska. I spent most of my time here on the Kenai Peninsula. I lived for a few years up in Anchorage, um, but I'm, I'm back down here and probably for good. I do enjoy being here on the Kenai and it's, it's my home. I went to school here in the community and hmm. my husband lives here. We, we both grew up here. He went to school in the community and we've got one daughter and she'll be going to school just like we did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's super cool. Awesome. Uh, so what differentiates um, ASAP from other, like, probation entities, right? So, like, what, is there, like, a certain, is it, does it serve a certain population, or is it? Yeah, so um, there are multiple ASAP offices throughout the state of Alaska, um, the main one being in Anchorage, and uh, then there's the smaller outline ones, and we're one of them. Um so we, we take on uh, misdemeanor cases that involve alcohol or drugs from the court. Um, so anyone who's got a criminal charge and is ordered to ASAP uh, because there were alcohol or drugs involved in their cases uh, come through the ASAP program. Uh, also any cases that have a driving action, um, so on occasion we'll get some minor consuming cases because uh, the DMV or the court can uh, revoke or suspend a driver's license mm -hmm. um, for a minor consuming charge and uh, the DMV will then require ASAP sign off to be able to reinstate their driving license. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And so what is Aquila and kind of where do like ASAP and Aquila either converge and split, I guess? So Aquila, um, I like to call is like our, our parent company. They mm -hmm. they hold the ASAP grant for the Kenai and Ketchikan offices. Mm -hmm. We're just not clinical. We're we're the prevention pro, uh, probation side of of Aquila. Right. Um, so Aquila themselves have many uh, offices and various programs throughout Alaska, and uh, we're just one of the programs that they have. Right. And so, what are some of those programs? Uh, so Aquila has some residential programs. They've got outpatient. Um, they in Ketchikan. They've got a residential program. They do have an outpatient and an intensive outpatient program. They do assessments. Um, they've got some mental health programs. Uh, in the valley, there's an outpatient clinic. Uh, we also have a program in Juneau. Um, I'm not super familiar with the program in Juneau, but I do know that um, they work with children and their families. Okay. Juneau helps our therapeutic foster care program as well as our children's mental health outpatient program. 
Okay, yeah, so for anybody that might not have heard that, Juno's office also has a therapeutic foster program mm -hmm. and a children mental, children's mental health program as well. Um, so for anybody that's listening that might be in Juno and might be in need of services, reach out, find out some more information there as well. Um, and so do you, so I guess what I'm envisioning is you guys get a case from the court and um, do people have to either like report to Anchorage or they go through like some sort of rehabilitation program with you guys as well as doing their probation or is it separate? Kind of how does that process work? So uh, once someone is sentenced in their case, typically we take DUI cases um, from the court. So if someone went to court and was sentenced guilty in a DUI case, part of their probation terms would be to complete the ASAP program. The court's going to send that judgment over with the order to do ASAP to us. We're going to open up their case and get them started, and they're supposed to give us a call or make contact within 10 days or whatever the time period specified on the judgment. Um, so then we, we get the client, they come in, they fill out their paperwork, or they give us a call, we send them their paperwork to fill out, and then from there we complete a LSIR screening. Um, it's the level service inventory risk assessment, um, not mm -hmm. really assessment, but it's a, it's a screening tool that right. the state has ASAP using now. Um, and then we write up their referral that includes um, various information that either the client has reported or um, was reported to us from the court. Uh, criminal history backgrounds come in from the state and are reported on those. And we, we work with the client to get, get them paired with a treatment agency in the area that they live in that they can do their assessment and follow through with their recommendations. So uh, once we get that referral sent off to the agency, so like if someone's interested in going to Sakata or Denina or Serenity House, mm -hmm. we send off that referral, let the client know you need to get into contact with this agency and get scheduled for your assessment. Once that assessment's complete, we get the recommendations back from the treatment agency, see what it is they're recommended to, you know, if you're recommended to a .5 education class, if you're recommended to level one outpatient, IOP, residential, and then if that facility is able to provide those services, most oftentimes the client stays with that agency. Um, other times if, if a program doesn't have a residential facility then we work with them to get them somewhere else into a residential facility. And we do have people that sometimes will go up to Anchorage to a facility mm -hmm. um, or if they move, if they're out of state or we had someone come up for fishing season and got a DUI but now they're out of state. So we work all throughout the state and even the nation. You know, We, we have right. many clients that are out of state. but. Um, the basic gist of what they're doing is doing an assessment, following through with the recommendation, and then ASAP follows the client all the way through till they complete that uh, recommendation in full and sign off that they've completed everything either for the DMV or if the court needs to know or um, whatever else needs to happen at that point. So say I get a DUI, which I won't, but <laughs> um, if I'm familiar with or know about ASAP and Aquila. Can I, like, have my lawyer request that, like, as something that, like, maybe, like, I need? You know what I mean? Sometimes I um, So we do have, we have clients that will open cases pre-sentencing. Um, the only cases we can take 
pre-sentencing are DUI cases um, mm -hmm. because they will more than likely have to have that um, sign off for the DMV to get their license back. Right. Um, so oftentimes if we do have someone come to us and open their case pre-sentencing, they're represented by a lawyer who's recommended, hey, you should go to ASAP and get mm -hmm. the ball started on this, get your assessment done, go through it, and get your sign off to get your license back. Oftentimes clients will complete ASAP and they won't get sentenced for another six months or so. But right. then the court will send that document to us, the, the judgment saying that they're ordered to ASAP, will pull up their file in the system, see that they've already completed for this case, and that's it. Right. They'll be done. Oh, cool. So it can be done preemptively. Yeah, yeah. you don't you, have to wait till you're sentenced. Um, if, if you want to get started, like um, sometimes DUI cases can take a year or two years in court. But nobody wants to sit around without their license for two years. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, they can open their cases pre-sentencing, um, complete, mm -hmm. get their sign-off for DMV, and reinstate their license, and then take care of their court stuff later. Right. No, that's super important, I think. I think that's mm -hmm. super cool. Because so, obviously life is a lot harder when you can't right. transport yeah. yourself, especially here where public transportation is such a hot topic at the yes. moment. Um, the other thing I think is cool to, about doing it preemptively or I think that's important for our audience to know about doing it preemptively. Because I think what happens is like, when these things happen, and people are like, they just like, and if you don't know what to do, mm -hmm. or like, if you don't, like, you don't have family members who know what to do, like, if your dad, brother, sister, mom's not a lawyer, like, navigating the system can be like, very treacherous at times. And so I think like, for anyone that's listening, that's super cool. If you know anybody, or if you have like, family or friends that are in a predicament as this, like, either bring it up with the lawyer or bring it up to them to have it bring it up to their lawyer and maybe get a head start so that you're not getting set back for two years, you know, because right. of hopefully one mistake you make. But, um, yeah, no, I think that's super cool. Um, it's cool to even learn that there's a system that exists that's after the, after the courts, but it's not just, you know, they get their jail time or their punishment and then it's like, okay, back you go. I hope... I hope yeah. you totally had a, a recovery from whatever substance abuse you had while you were in prison, mm -hmm. you know, and then just good luck. But instead, we have a program like this where it goes in and says, what what can we do to, to help them? If they were to reach out for help, they have this opportunity now. Maybe it's forced, but then they get an idea, a little idea of what recovery is like, and maybe that's something that they'd want to do, or maybe it does change their life around. Yeah. And I think it's huge to have that rather than just, you know, get people in the system and then put them back out and say good luck yeah yeah it offers a level of accountability too you know if, if you've got probation terms that you, you've got to follow um, having an office that is there to help you and, and make sure mm -hmm. that you're following through with what you need to do so you don't have any more issues mm -hmm. um, you know you don't get a violating condition of release or something um, mm -hmm. it, it's it's helpful and you know, we can't we can't always take every single case. Um, you know, there are different circumstances. Like we don't take felony cases that goes to felony probation. Mm -hmm. um, but our our office, all of our staff here, have just so much knowledge of of our program and how it works and what's required of you. That you know, even if you don't know what you should be doing, if you give us a call, we'll ask you some basic questions, see what your situation is, and and try and point you in the right direction for what you should be doing. 
Cool. So you guys also function as kind of a knowledge base because you, yeah. you have all these resources on hand that you mm-hmm. know about. So somewhere to call you say, hey, where would I go for this? And you yeah, right we, we've had people call up and say, you know, I've, I've got a friend who could really use some help. We don't mm-hmm. know where to send them to. We don't know where to send them for an assessment or what they should do. And we can give them some agency names and phone numbers and let them know what programs they offer, or what order they should do stuff in. Okay. Um, you know, they, they may not even have a criminal charge, but we know people who've been in that situation and just want some help. And if we can point them in the right direction to better their lives, better. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. I th- yeah, like kind of going back to that same point, I think like having someone to help you like navigate these systems mm-hmm. is like so awesome because like it's, there's, I don't know, I feel like, especially if you don't have a license and, like, you don't have transportation yeah. and, like, you just don't even know where to start, like, the whole thing just seems so daunting. Mm-hmm. You're, like, you kind of feel defeated before you really even start. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, kind of taking that edge off, I guess, is, like, super cool. So mm-hmm. what, um, so do you stay in contact fairly, re- as you're, like, working through this process, I assume you stay in contact fairly regularly with your clients? Yeah, usually in the beginning we have a lot of contact with them. Um, Once they get through their assessment and get into their treatment program, um, we don't contact as much because they're in their program, they're doing their outpatient groups or whatever they need to be doing, um, and we just let them know, you know, hey, you know, if anything changes, let us know so we can stay in the loop, but otherwise we're going to be getting updates from your counselor um, to make sure that you're doing what you need to do, Um, and then once you complete, that'll be the end of it with ASAP. but uh, if someone is particularly struggling um, with, with the whole process, we keep in closer contact with them. If, if someone you know, came in, got their assessment done, got into treatment, has been making all their groups, and they, they've been doing pretty well, they understand what they should be doing, you know, we don't need to be so, so hands-on with that client. Right. Yeah. And, but you stay in contact with, like, so say someone's doing outpatient, you stay in contact with, like, counselors or people like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think that's super important, too, actually, like that second layer of accountability. Yeah. It's like I just kind of got my wheel spinning, and I'm thinking, like, man, if, you know, like, if I'm in it and I go to this, and they're like, okay, you know, go to outpatient. Here mm-hmm. you go. Here's a number. And, like, I didn't have anybody checking in on me, like. I might not be going outpatient too often, but yeah. I mean, does and does that stuff like that ha- like happen? It does. Yeah, we we keep in contact with the treatment agencies and send periodic status requests to find out, you know, that John's been doing what he needs to be doing, and mm-hmm. he's been making all his groups, and he's been having his clean UAs and everything, um, and just get periodic updates. You know, he's halfway through the program. He's got three more groups he needs to make. He should be graduating by, by the end of next month. That sort of thing. Um, just to make sure that, that everyone's doing what they need to be doing. Um, when somebody does stop doing what they're supposed to be doing, uh, we call it a non-compliance, and so a counselor can send that update back and say, hey, you know, John's had three unexcused absences, or he had a dirty UA, and that violates mm-hmm. our policy. Um, so then uh, we start, if, if we can get a hold of them by phone, we usually try that. Otherwise, we send them a non-compliance letter that says, hey, you know, you messed up, your counselor said you're not in groups anymore, uh, you need to reach out to us and let's get this fixed before we have to send it back to the court. Um, if someone is non-compliant and they don't reach back out to ASAP, they don't get back into contact, get back into compliance, uh, we have to file a non-compliance affidavit with the DA's office and uh, then that's going to result in, in court hearings again. Right, back into that. Mm-hmm. Back into the turmoil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think 
what I think that I like the most about this from what I'm hearing so far is like, because obviously you don't take felony cases, mm -hmm. so it doesn't seem like a lot of your clients are probably people that are like getting, it's probably not their fourth, fifth, sixth DUI. No, it's I mean? usually a first or second time. Yeah, and I think that's cool too because you get this comprehensive service early. Mm -hmm. And I think that's super important because I feel like if you can kind of, especially as someone who's like trying either to get into recovery or in the early stages um, of using, and you can kind of like, even and like even just like at a very fundamental level where say you go through and you don't necessarily get it the first time. Mm -hmm. right? Like you go, maybe you go into outpatient, you go into groups, and maybe you get your non-compliance and you have to, you go through the whole thing again. I like from what we've heard and a lot of like recovery stories and people that we've talked to is that even just getting into these groups and then, you know, going through it and then coming out and maybe you get back into it again when all that, like, I don't, I don't, I don't like this term, but I can't think of another one, but like the AA rhetoric, you know, mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever your program is, it's so familiar the second time or the third time that it actually just starts to sink in better, yeah. you know? Cause, and so I think like having that familiarity and kind of like, cause I think of the hard, one of the hard parts about going even to outpatient or inpatient is like that it's kind of a daunting process and it's like the newness, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like just kind of like edging that gap of like them and me mm -hmm. and a little bit of stigma too, probably, you know, people that we've talked to that are like, you know, I don't need to go to AA or I don't need to go to NA or I need to do this, you know, because like that's for like the others. Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of, you know, general stigma, right, I guess. Right. But I think like once you can get in there and like get comfortable with it, even if it doesn't stick that first time, mm -hmm. it makes it easier the second or third or however many times it takes. You know, we've met people that takes five or six times, you know, yeah. or however much. And it doesn't matter, I guess, how many it takes, you know, as long as, long as it sticks. But I think like getting that familiarity is super important because mm -hmm. the next time you go in, it's like I've kind of been repeating myself. But <laughs> as you as you keep to as you keep going in, it just gets a little bit easier and mm -hmm. hopefully sets in a little deeper until it finally sticks and people get into recovery and do great. Dude, that's like yeah. a really cool thing. Mm -hmm. I, and I bet you guys probably see this too, and it's like always really we talk about it. We've talked about it in a couple other podcasts. Anyone's heard like us talk about Zach's podcast? Is like. The cool thing about group, and especially like even like people with like, whether they're uh, traditional probation officers or whatever that looks like, is like when you do like uh, just things that like a lot of people would like just construe as like normal, you know, like, oh, I got my license back. It's mm -hmm. like this monumentous event where you're like, yes, dude. And like everyone's excited. You're like, yeah, dude, that's awesome. And like people are like, man, I've never had anyone be excited for me like that before, you mm -hmm. know. And especially like getting that kind of like positive feedback loop going early that like no matter how long like this has been happening, like right away, especially with kids, mm -hmm. you know, like adolescence, especially like you start getting that positive feedback loop and it's like, yeah, maybe this is like worth doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Things like this, you know, no matter how many times you have to go through it, but. What have a way out when maybe that DOI is their rock bottom. Maybe that is something that could turn them around. I mm -hmm. mean, we see again in a lot of our podcasts and stuff that when people go through these really tumultuous times, this pot is the best time for them to, to maybe break out of that cycle. So maybe if you catch them early when it's they're like, oh man, I got a DOI. I've never gotten one before. My life is just you know changing so much to hit them with that recovery aspect immediately and mm -hmm. and try to get them say okay let's turn you let's turn this back around let's not go back 
Like, right. Let's just right. keep on going. How do you, uh, another question I had is when people are outside of uh, an area with a clinic, I know you guys mentioned sometimes you bring people up to Anchorage. What does that process look like? I mean, I know you guys are also supporting a lot of um, areas in the outskirts of Alaska, kind of further out, and that's mm -hmm. really cool to see because I know a lot of those places may not have the resources on hand, but how do you get those people to the, to the resources that they need? Um, it's, it usually is difficult the further out in Alaska we go, mm -hmm. um, but we've, we've always been able to find um, some agency that's local to, to the client there. Um, usually it's, it's through a larger clinic who has a, who's got small offices that they usually have counselors travel out to. Okay. Um, Search is one of them where, where they've got a lot of small clinics throughout Alaska and they've got um, counselors or employees that travel around through the various um, okay. clinics to be able to offer services. So um, first step is definitely pairing someone with uh, an agency that they can at least get their assessment done. We get those recommendations. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the legwork ends up going through the counselor who did the assessment, If it's especially for residential treatment. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we always ask our clients if you've got Medicaid or insurance to help with travel if you need to go to a residential facility that's not in your area. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but otherwise, if, if a counselor's not able to help them or, or the client's having issues working with that counselor, then we work with them. You know, We find out what agency are you interested in going to, let's get the application packet for them, we'll send it to you, you fill it out, we can send it to the agency and mm -hmm. get you in contact with them, we'll say Aquila or Serenity House or CITC, mm. um, Clitheroe, we can, we'll get you the paperwork, uh, get you connected with them, you can, we'll submit your recommendations for residential, they're going to do their releases to get in contact with the agency that did the assessment, and then um, get you your plane ticket and get you into treatment <laughs> yeah oh that's awesome that is super i mean cool. i feel like even you go i don't know how many years you guys have been around but before that there was i feel like there are very few options for you know get into that sort of situation mm -hmm. and then you just go into to jail and get out and you know there's no opportunity like if you turn things around if you start really doing the, the taking the right steps you will get rewarded basically mm -hmm. get the stuff that's uh, gonna make your life a lot harder some of that goes away, so I think it's great that those communities now have these kinds of resources. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's cool to have, like, because what I like is, like, the separation between, there seems to be, like, and not, like, a gap in communication, really, or, like, a gap that's, like, so, like, really concrete or, like, but, like, the, the gap, it feels like a gap, and I think that's important between, like, the court mm -hmm. and then, like, ASAP and then, like, wherever you do your outpatient or inpatient or whatever that looks like because I feel like I guess like you know kids or whoever you know you get MIPs you get DUIs and they're like okay meet up with your probation officer like get your AA check signed and mm -hmm. like just like show up dude and you're like okay you know there's not like a lot of real like hands-on direction yeah in that you know yeah and I feel like having like this like kind of full like net like net support of like no okay you're gonna go here and like I know it was like mandated by the court but you're like you're not going to like the basement of the courthouse to do your group mm -hmm. you know or like things like that there's like a cool separation there that like okay these people are gonna help me so I don't have to like go there anymore yeah. you know I think that's like that's pretty cool 
yeah. especially for people like on the outskirts because I'm sure like in some of like small towns you're like your AA group is very much in the basement of your courthouse <laughs> you know like right which is like I don't know that would be like stressful but mm-hmm. I like that there's like a separation and that you can kind of get, come here to get help and there's like a whole support system because it kind of feels like it feels like and I obviously have no like reasonable basis for this but it feels like it's kind of like we're going to help you like because like I said like we're going to help you so you don't have to go deal with that anymore because like yeah. every time we talk to people at the core system dude it's never like a pleasant experience <laughs> you know a necessary experience at times but never like a good time you right. know like you go there and it's like man you gotta wait and it's stressful and there's people literally judging you the whole mm-hmm. time you're there and then like <laughs> you come back <laughs> honestly though and then like but it's nice to like come here and have like some support and to like have all that help too. Like you don't have to go like fill out your own pack or like you do have to fill out your own pack, obviously, but like you'll get the paperwork for them. Mm-hmm. Like you'll help them get all set up and then all they really have to, and help them get their license back hopefully. So that really all they actually have to do is just show up. Yeah. And like that makes it so much better. Yeah. You can just show up, focus on whatever it is you have to focus on, your recovery, your steps, whatever that may look like. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what you get to do. You don't have to worry about steps A, B, C, and D. Like you get to worry about step me and just right. go, yeah. which I and think is pretty cool. We're here as, here as a resource, you know, if somebody just needs to talk and say, hey, you know, this is what I'm going through with my groups or, you know, this is this is how things are going for me um, through this process. We're, we're here to listen. We're here to talk with you and try and help you get through this because um, that's, that's our job. We're here to help yeah. you get through it. Yeah. Do you guys ever have people calling with court questions, uh, seeing you as, you know, maybe putting those two to get two, two, two together in their head and, and being like, oh, they probably know. Like, do you guys give advice on that or can you? Um, we can't give le- legal advice. We always tell clients to, you know, talk to your attorney or your public defender or legal representative. Um, but in regards to ASAP and what's expected for you for the courts, we can we can explain that and how that works. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, Veronica, for coming and talking to us today. Um, we're super excited to have you guys on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, like we said, for anybody out there, um, now that you're familiar with the ASAP program, um, if you feel like that best suits your needs or, you know, that's something or you just need some advice that they can give you not to guarantee they can give you all the advice you need but it's definitely a good place to start um, for anybody who might be any of the situations we talked about before Uh, veronica will have you give us some contact information for the asap office here in kenai real fast yeah our we've got a 1-800 number it is 1-800-679-6587 or our local number is 907-283-6586 we are located in Kenai at the PCHS Binko building at 805 Frontage Road, Suite 200B as in boy. Uh, we do have a mailing address. Our PO box is 1410 Kenai, Alaska 99611. Um, and again, we do cover the Kenai and Ketchikan areas. So we're here to help you if you need it. Yeah, give them a call and they'll do everything they can for you. Uh, thank you very much for listening. This was you and I for the Kenai. Remember to find us on Facebook. Uh, give us any feedback. Tell us what you think. Um, or just say hi. Yeah.